Today's episode is a recording from our disability advocate training. For those of you who are not able to make it to our training, we hope this podcast inspires you to join us in becoming disability advocates within the church. Welcome to The Banquet, a podcast that inspires by highlighting stories of the dedicated men and women doing ministry amongst the special needs and disability populations and equips those already engaged in the margins by answering the practical, on-the-ground questions of the ministry. Welcome to our Disability Advocate Training. We are excited to spend an hour um, here with you tonight, and I think we're expecting a few more people to join, but if they don't, this is going to be recorded so that we can share it out with them afterwards. Um, but I wanted to take a few minutes, since it's uh, just a few of us right now, um, to introduce ourselves and hear from y'all. So my name is Amberly Brown. I am the executive director of the Banquet Network, which is an organization that works with churches to help them to include people with disabilities. And um, I'm excited, excited to be here. I'll go next. I'm uh, Blake Davenport and I'm, uh, I'm the Banquet Network in Texas. So if any of you guys are in Texas, hello. If you're not, hello from Texas. Um, I am a church coach here at the Banquet Network. So that's what I'll, t- I'll be talking about a little bit is just how to um, talk to your pastor and your church leadership about disability inclusion and, and get them excited and, and less afraid of that. And uh, yeah, I just love doing that. Um, I have a regular job. I work for my family, but this is, this is what I really love to do. So. Hi, um, my name is Allie McCarty, um, and I also work with the Banquet Network. Um, I have really enjoyed working here. It's shown me a lot about um, disability in and outside of the church and um, really what the church can do. Um, And so it's been an exciting journey alongside um, our team here. Um, So yeah, I'm excited for tonight. I'm Hunter. I'm with um, the rest of this this crew that has helped start and lead the Banquet Network, and um, they're all amazing. So I'm excited for you to hear what they have to say. Hi, I'm Josh. Um, so we're from uh, uh, we're in Gaithersburg, Maryland, right now. Um, this is my wife, Lisa. Uh, we are both special ed teachers, and uh, we. Um, attend a church in uh, Urbana or Urbana, Maryland, and um, it's a small church plant. We've been um, a church for about three years now, but uh, we just kind of want to integrate special education and kind of um, have that kind of ministry at our church. So we just kind of decided to check it out. Beautiful. We're glad y'all are here. And it looks like um, it's going to be a little bit more intimate than we had thought. So please feel free to interject and ask things that would be um, most helpful to you at any point. So yeah, great. Um, and if anybody else joins in the middle, we'll, we'll get them to introduce, introduce themselves at the end. So 
So um, I'll just start by sharing a little bit about why we're having this training and what the purpose of the Banquet Network is, um, just for some background. So the Banquet Network is not named after a catering company. It's named after um, the parable in Luke 14, where Jesus says to his disciples, when you throw a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed. Um, that is what some people call the Luke 14 mandate, and it was something that I had never heard of or thought of or stopped when I was reading the scriptures to ask if, if I or my church was doing that until disability became something that impacted me personally, and um, God, God jolted my, my awareness. So when I became legally blind eight years ago, that was the first time that I really started to search the scriptures for what God had to say about disability. And I found passages like this Luke 14 passage, where we see that Jesus really um, was intentional about including people with disabilities and inviting them into his kingdom. And he asked his church to do the same. And yet I also saw that I, as part of the church and lots of the churches that I knew had had never never considered this passage as something that was relevant to them um, and the many other passages about disability. So the Banquet Network uh, was started as a kind of call to action for churches to follow this mandate and we work with churches, we work with a lot of smaller churches and church plants um, in order to make sure that no church thinks that disability inclusion is something that's out of reach for them. Um, we think that God designed um, all of the church to be a place that mirrors this banquet that invites, um, invites people with disabilities and people that might be excluded from other parts of society in to the kingdom of God. Um, so we, we usually do our work by coaching churches and we work with churches that are, um, you know, want to do something about disability inclusion or maybe have just been faced with disability in their own congregation and are trying to figure out what to do about that. Um, and we walk hand in hand with churches, as, as Blake mentioned, as coaches and guides and um, in order to make sure churches know that they're not alone in this journey of including people with disabilities. And, and um, as, as we do that, we often find that many churches, before we ever interact with them, many churches are um, motivated or pushed to move ahead in including people with disabilities because there are people within their congregation, individuals within their congregation who have been advocates for disability inclusion, who have been calling the pastors and the leadership to pay attention to disability or who have been affected by disability and are, um, are requesting for there to be changes so that they can fully participate or their family member can fully participate in the life of the church. And so we see that this role of the individual, of the disability advocate within the church is really important to getting churches to a place where they, um, where they feel like they can take an 
actual step forward um, in including people with disabilities. So that's the purpose of our time tonight. We're going to kind of blitz through a couple of things. Um, how to talk to leadership, how to easy ways that, that congregations can um, kind of dip their toe into the into the pool of disability inclusion and what to do if things aren't moving as quickly as you'd like. Um, and the, the hope at the end of tonight is that um, those of you who are individuals and churches that aren't doing anything regarding disability inclusion would feel um, encouraged and equipped to be able to help your church um, be inspired and uh, motivated to, to take a step in, the, in this journey. Um, so with that, I think we've got three kind of major sections of the evening and I'll go kind of fast, but please, please, like I said, interject and ask questions as much as you want. We want this to be helpful for you. Um, and the first is going to be um, from our friend Blake talking about approaching leadership of, of a church and what to say, what not to say, how to address the leadership of your church around about disability inclusion. All right. Yeah, so uh, it's interesting that you guys are going to a three-year-old uh, church plant. I also am going to a three-year-old church plant, and I met with my pastor today, so I feel like that's <laughs> pretty relevant. Um, but yeah, we, we think a lot about um, kind of how to approach leadership uh, in a way that, that are, they're already intimidated by disability, right? And so we want to come in a way that's, that's says, hey, we, we are here to help you, right? And this is not something that you have to do on your own. Um, a lot of people, when they hear about disability ministry, they have in their heads, like, okay, we got to like knock down a bunch of our walls in our church and make a whole like area for, for people with disabilities and do all this stuff. And, and we want to, we want to start right off the bat and say, Hey, no, actually, um, including with people with disabilities is, uh, starts with very small steps and it's not a huge change. You're not going to have to totally re-engineer everything you do. But it's something that's very important. It's something that's important um, to your church. It's something that's very valuable to your church. You guys as special ed teachers know that relationships with people with disabilities is something that is that is just amazing and invaluable and God designed it that way. And um, so A, it's valuable to the church and then B, it's valuable to the people in the communities who have disabilities that, that, uh, that need that. Um, and so, yeah, we wanna be careful. We don't, we don't wanna, I, I try really hard to actually actively fight against making them feel guilty for not doing anything, right? Because in reality, people who um, don't have experience with people with disabilities, just it's not on their radar. It's not something that they think about. That was my story, right? I got dragged to summer camp one time and then realized all of a sudden, oh, there's this whole world um, that matters. And I think that's all, that's Amberly's story um, until disability affected her. Uh, it wasn't something that was on her radar. So that's nothing to feel bad about, but, um, it is uh, a status quo that we should we should think about and challenge. Um, so we I I like to use a few um, kind of tactics to get them thinking about and and understanding disability as something that's important. Um, I like to and and it depends on who the pastor is, right? Like like some people uh, respond really well if you share a bunch of statistics, right? And and the statistics are sometimes hard to find, but they're helpful because. Uh, what they show is there's lots of people with disabilities, lots more than we thought there were, and there's very few of them who are in the church. 
And I like making those big comparisons, right? So there's lots of verses in the Bible. There's lots of miracles. Uh, I, uh, you guys are getting the inside look. I tell the number different every single time, but I think it's close. <laughs> uh, there's 26 out of 34 or something of Jesus' miracles had to do with people with disabilities. 70% uh, of the chapters in the four gospels mention somebody with a disability. And so this is something that was very, very important and very close to the heart of, of Jesus' ministry. And I think a lot of people, um, when, you, when you say that, they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. I never really, I would never really thought of it that way. And it's, it's surprising to them. So I like to, I like to show that this is something that's very important to Jesus. It's be something that's, that's very fundamental to our churches. And then it's also just a need that's, that's not being met. Um, and we, uh, I like to talk about how kind of the reasons behind why um, some of those people, you might not come across them, right? Because even though we have a big, my church's website, the, at the top, it says radically inclusive, right? And, but they haven't thought about disability ministry. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, you got a big sign on your building that says everybody is welcome here, right? But at the same time, um, if, if somebody actually shows up and has autism and is nonverbal, is there anyone here who's going to understand them and be able to, to help them have a successful time? And, and so I think um, just kind of making those points helps, helps church leadership realize like, oh, we, we think we're a welcoming place. We want to be a welcoming place. But um, if this isn't something that we think about and do intentionally, we're not actually a welcoming place. So um, something that's very helpful is telling stories. Um, I like to read, and I don't have time, but I'll, I'll send it to you if you want it later. But <laughs> there's a blog post that one of my friends wrote that, that tells a story of a of a, a mom and her son who has a wheelchair uh, and they go to this church and she just really needs to find God. And, and when they get there, the church is like, well, I don't, we don't know what to, you, you're going to have to stay with him in, in the class. We don't know. And, and so they turn away. And um, I think a lot of people have those, those personal stories, right? And it's not churches that are maliciously wanting to turn people with disabilities away. It's just, they don't, they don't know, right. And they don't know how to accommodate people. Um, so Usually it's, 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 in my experience, it's pretty straightforward. People, people realize, you know, hey, there's huge numbers. Hey, this is something that was very, very important to Jesus. Um, it makes sense. It makes sense that it's good for our church. It makes sense um, that it's good for the people that have the need. Uh, and so um, if they can get over the, the like shock of, of, oh no, this is really scary and I'm really overwhelmed. Um, it's something that that conversation just kind of flows naturally. So that's, how I would encourage you um, not to be afraid of having that conversation and, and to also like, like you guys get disability um, and, and I get disability and it's easy for me to forget that not everybody does. Right. And so um, sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it takes six months and sometimes it's months between conversations and, and pastors have a lot on their plates. Um, and I think when, so when I first started doing this, which I'm still first starting doing this, <laughs> I, I like to ask pastors, I say, hey, I, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to go to churches and, and ask and help pastors understand this issue. What, what would go through your head when I showed up? Um, and one of the biggest things that I get, and I know um, the other people at the, the Banquet Network have gotten is, is okay, we have, there's a lot of really important ministries and there's a lot of really good stuff that we're doing as a church. And and you're going to have to show me why 
uh, this is something that, that we need to add to our list of things. And so we try to steer the conversation away from this is a separate niche ministry that you have and into a place of disability is something that affects every single population in the world. And so everything that the church is doing should be open and accessible um, to everyone that could come or wants to come. And, and then the other thing that we hear a lot is, well, we don't have anybody with disabilities. Like we, we would accommodate them if, if they were here. But then I go back to that story of, okay, what happens when they actually show up, right? They, maybe they don't have, there's no sign language or closed captioning, or there's no ramps to get in. And um, they, aren't, they aren't welcome in an attitude sense and they aren't welcome in a physical sense and they aren't welcome in, in an education sense. People don't understand how autism affects somebody's brain or how Down syndrome might affect them. Um, so that was a lot of rambling, but <laughs> I, would, I would say uh, be quick to give grace um, just, uh, and, and be persistent. Um, it's something that, that I think when I first started talking to my pastor, I could tell he was like, oh, this is really important to Jesus. And he went home and he did a bunch of research and he like looked up all the statistics and, he, and, he, and we talked again later and he was like, oh my gosh, this is such a big, like there's so many people in, in our county that have disabilities and I have never seen any of them. Oh, and I'll, I'll make that, that one last point. We never see them because they're not welcome in the places that we go, right? We're not just gonna cross their paths because they're not on our flag football teams and they're not, you know, whatever it is that we do, we're not gonna just run into them. And then I think also culturally we've been, we've all been taught not to stare, right? And so we've all been taught, hey, just put your blinders on uh, and ignore things and people that make you uncomfortable. And um, I think those, those ideas really um, pastors that are, that are willing to listen and, and um, I think pastors that read their Bibles and, and care about what Jesus cares about um, pretty quickly start to see that it matters. And then the next part is that they, they freak out because they're like, this is very overwhelming. I have no idea what to do. And, and that's when we say, hey, we're here. We want to help you. The Banquet Network is a, we, we want to be a friend, right? Um, you can pick up the phone and call us anytime. We're not just some impersonal uh, database of information as, as Hunter likes to say. So um, feel free to leverage us um, and just, yeah, just talk to your pastor and, and tell them you guys have expertise on disability um, and, and try, to, try to help them get over that hump of, of the initial fear. But that uh, is all I have, unless you guys wanted to add something to that, Hunter, Allie, Amberly. No, I think that's, that's great, Blake. Um, and I think having kind of that plan before you go in to talk to your pastor, um, knowing, like Blake said, what is the tagline or the mission of your church? For, for Blake's church, it's radically inclusive. So it was really easy for him to be able to say, are we really being radically inclusive when we, we haven't ever thought about disability? But even if your church's mission is a little bit more um, not quite as as blatantly connected to disability. Maybe it's you know being a home uh, a, a welcoming place for families in our county. Um, looking at that, or whether or if it's you know being a, a gospel presence in unreached communities. Um, whatever it is, there there's always going to be a link to disability because disability intersects with every community. So if it's families. Um, talking about how many thousands of families with, with kids with special needs live in your community, or if it's a, 
a focus on evangelism, um, talking about how five to 10% of people with disabilities have heard the gospel. Not, almost 90, 95% of people with, with disabilities haven't heard the gospel. So um, yeah, we'd, we'd be happy to kind of, at, at, at the end, we're gonna do a discussion. So um, if, if you have an idea of what your church's mission or emphasis is, we'd be happy to hear about how um, you think that could connect to disability and give, give some ideas on that. Thanks, Blake. Yeah. Um, so we're going to next have our, our dear Allie um, talk about how, it, your, how to help your congregation as a whole become a welcoming place and um, in simple kind of easy steps, maybe some things that, that you already know, um, but some of the things that we like to highlight um, with congregations around, around being um, a place that people with disabilities, like Blake said, know that they're welcomed even when they walk in the door um, and, and are getting to know the place. So over to you, Allie. Um, hi guys, I am so excited to be with y'all. Um, so one of the things I want to start with is just going over some disability etiquette. Um, and y'all that are special ed teachers, I'm sure you'll, you've probably heard a lot of this before. Um, but not everyone knows, and that's why we want to share it. And, um, even when we work with churches, there's a lot of times that they're like, okay, like we didn't know that. And that was really helpful to know. So, um, just in, as far as like respect and dignity, um, just a couple of bullet points under this. Um, don't pet a guide or companion dog while it's working. Um, so, you know, like if you have someone that's like walking across the street or in a store or whatever, don't ask to pet their dog. Um, and then remember that not all disabilities are visibly apparent. Um, so just because you can't see a disability um, doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Um, and so, like, for instance, there's, I work with um, a lot of um, adults with autism, and a lot of them look like typically behaving people. Um, and then when they go to, you know, take an order at the, at like a Chinese place, um, this is, this happens like regularly during the week with me that one of my clients will go and, you know, take an order and, um, and the person just kind of stands there and is like, what? Like, I don't, I don't know what you're asking for because like he's not able to talk as fluently as some other people, um, but he looks like he should be able to. He looks like he's capable. Um, so really that's just something like, I guess that's just patience to have with all people, um, really. And um, let's see, not everyone with the same disability um, will present it the same way. And so that's kind of another thing like, like autism and Down syndrome are pretty common um, disability terms that we know. Um, but just because one person has autism doesn't mean that another person that has autism will display um, the same type of characteristics or um, personality. Um, that's just the same as, you know, everyone is created individually and unique. And, um, and so that's the same with disability. Each disability is different for each person. Um, and so, that's just something that is helpful to know. Um, and then if you want to assist a person, and this is usually someone that could be physically impaired, like in a wheelchair or even someone with crutches or, um, you know, some type of 
um, cane or whatever it might be, always ask them before assuming that they need assistance. Because, um, you know, they, they have things pretty figured out. They're like, most times if they've had this their whole life, they know how to get around doing it. And so, you know, even if you want to open the door for them, ask them before opening the door. Um, I mean, even though that's like a polite gesture, um, there are some times that, you know, they've, they're able to do it on their own and this is them proclaiming their independence. Um, and so just other, other ways is that is like, if you see that there's like a dip in the sidewalk where they, um, where they're walking and you want to like protect them from falling into that dip that they may not see, um, ask them before just assuming that they want your help. Um, and then um, this is something that I'm personally pretty passionate about. It's called people first language. So when you're talking about an individual, always refer them to the person first. Um, and so this is like saying, um, you know, a, a person with autism, an individual with down syndrome, a, um, an adult that has a disability. Always put the, the person, the adult, the name of the person, the boy, or the, you know, the noun before you describe them with the disability. Um, and that, that is showing them that you see them as a person first and you're not seeing them as their disability first. Because um, a lot of times we'll catch ourselves saying like, oh yeah, like the blind person over there or, oh yeah, the, that kid that has well, no, that's people first, the, the autistic boy, you know, like you will catch ourselves saying things like that, but really just to um, use like common or I guess pr appropriate, um, just like types of wording is to do the person first. Um, and then just be careful when you're using certain terminology, um, like the words handicapped or crippled or disabled, um, deaf or blind, it, all those things can be limiting to a person with a disability. Um, so really just see them as a regular person that's created in the image of God. Um, and that's like people first language, I feel like really goes hand in hand with what, when you look at um, all of us being created in the image of God. And so that's something um, that I definitely encourage you guys to look more into. Um, and then when you're communicating with someone, um, talk directly to the person, um, even if they're unable to make eye contact with you. Um, and so like, for instance, I know that a lot of people that do have autism, um, they are, that's like a struggle of theirs to make eye contact. Um, and so like, don't try to like, you know, like try and like catch them to make eye contact with you. Like that's just because their brain is, is functioning different than yours is. Um, and then like someone that's in a wheelchair, like don't talk down on them. It, it's, it's best to really like, if there's a chair around, like sit and be eye level with them. Um, and like, that's just a way of showing that you're like, like trying to like sit down and be level with them. And we do that pretty naturally anyway. Like if you walk into a church, like if someone's already seated, usually you'll want to sit down and like talk to that person um, rather than like standing up talking over them like the person in the seat will either stand up or the person that's talking will sit down and so that's kind of something similar um, to people that are in wheelchairs um, and and then also like if there's not a chair around like it's okay you don't have to like squat don't don't squat I would recommend not squatting because that also can be offensive like you trying to like come down at their level um, so really like whatever you think is best but it's just something to be aware of
Um, and then don't talk at the person, um, talk to the person or with them. And so um, like example, talking at them would be like, you know, like kind of like condescending. Um, but when you're talking to them and with them, you're having a conversation that's going back and forth. That's, that's showing that it is like an engaging conversation. So like ask them questions and let them respond. And if they're able, let them ask questions and you respond rather than just like spilling out all of these things that, you know, that you're just like talking at them. Um, and then um, if you can use a normal to tone of voice um, and speak at an understandable and appropriate pace, um, there are a lot of people with disabilities that really just need a lot of patience. And so, um, and that's it. like, for instance, like if, if they're talking and they, maybe they have some type of like speech impediment um, or just like their speech is slower or their thinking process is slower. So be patient with them as they are thinking through how to communicate back to you. Um, and then also when you're speaking to them, just be mindful that their brain is functioning different than yours. And so um, it's just good to talk to them at like a level that they understand without dumbing it down because they notice that. Um, well, all of us, we can all notice that. Um, there's a lot of times, like even in my work with adults with autism, um, I have to catch myself not talking to them like they're like the age that they're behaving. Um, I still need to talk to them as if they're an adult because they are an adult and they know that they're an adult and they want to be treated like one. Um, so that's just another way of communicating um, with people with disabilities. Um, and I know I've given a lot of, of examples with autism because I, that's the field that I'm most comfortable with, um, but I'm sure there's many others as well. Um, and then um, also just consider greeting those who have visual impairments and let them know who you are and that you're present. Um, and so like when you walk up to someone in a church service, um, just like let them know who you are and um, you'll find that they typically remember your voice. And I'm sure Amberly can attest to a lot of this um, with the visual impairments, um, but just let them know that you're present and, um, and engage in a typical conversation. Um, and then let's see. If you do not understand what a person is trying to communicate, um, don't pretend that they do or that you understand. Um, and I think that's something that we often do and I catch myself doing as well is that I pretend that I, I heard what they're trying to say when really I have no idea what they're talking about. Um, just know and take comfort in, it's okay to ask questions um, and to ask them to repeat themselves. Um, and that's the same way, like with other people, you know, I always think of the office episode with, with Jim, when the, the office manager, Charles had given Jim a job to do. And, and Jim said, yeah, 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 I'll get it to you by the end of the day. And he had no idea what he should be working on because he said he was going to get it done. And he had no idea what this rundown was called that Charles was asking for. Um, and so that's just another example of you know, don't pretend that you understand what they're saying. Um, but yeah, ask questions. It's okay to ask defining questions and ask them to clarify it um, and do that without dumbing it down, just like I said before. Um, and so kind of going back to um, people with disabilities also being created in the image of God, um, 
just know that people with disabilities also have have preferences and and different personalities, um, just like you or I. And um, I'm sure that you'll find that as in as much interaction that you will have with people with disabilities that um, they do have, you know, a, a brain that functions and they're able to, you know, enjoy life in one way or another. And um, they do have likes and dislikes. Um, so don't be afraid to ask them, you know, what are your preferences? Like, do you like this kinds of food or not? Or do you enjoy an activity like this or do you not? And um, different things like that. Again, that's just, you know, loving them as um, a uh, typical behaving person. Um, and then again, I kind of talked about this before, but um, just be patient and relax. Um, you know, individuals with disabilities, um, sometimes they do require more time to complete tasks such as speaking or being mobile, which I, speaking I mentioned before, um, but don't rush them um, by allow, but instead like allow time for them to advocate and to, um, to complete their tasks. Um, and then also, this is the last thing I have under disability etiquette, um, just know that it is okay um, to not know everything. Um, really like throughout life, we should go throughout life just knowing that we are learners and we're here to learn and um, we're here to get to know more people and get to know God more. And, and so don't let that fear keep you from getting to know a person with a disability um, because the friendships that you'll find, it, they're endlessly beautiful. And um, really they, they've, teaching, they've taught me so much more about you know, really what life is and um, their uh, lives that I honestly will cherish. And I'm sure a lot of you would agree in your work with people with disabilities as well. And I don't want to just say as work. Um, I, I consider it work because it's like a lot of what I do, but also like in everyday life. Um, so yeah, and then just another brief thing to go over um, are just some five easy tips that I encourage you guys to write down that um, your congregation can begin doing. Um, and so um, number one, um, an easy way that you can um, help your church become more welcoming and accommodating, um, that would be to train your greeters um, on disability etiquette, some of the things that I just went over. Um, and you can find any of these things. Um, you can either contact us about it and we'd be happy to share like a flyer or whatever with you. Um, but really you can just Google a lot of these things and that you will be able to find them. Um, just regular disability etiquette. Um, so really like setting up a time to train the greeters on what it's like, what it's like to be, um, to greet people with disabilities. And a lot of times you'll find that the older folk need more training on this than the younger ones that have, you know, been raised in schools where people with disabilities are learning um, alongside of them. Um, and we can help you with that as well to train your greeters if you feel uncomfortable with that. And number two, um, feel free to volunteer as a congregation um, at an event with a disability organization. Um, there, I'm sure if you type in, this is kind of something that Amber Lee was talking about with the pools of Bathsheba, but if you were to um, you know, type in, in any type of disability organization in your area, and we do this little exercise where you can, you know, check your radius and see what type of um, organization, what like that 
somehow serves people with disabilities, see if your church can reach out to them and, you know, either help them create an event or see if, um, see if you can reach out to the school that maybe does special education. I'm sure you guys know um, Joshua and I'm sorry, I forget your wife's name. Lisa. Lisa, hi. Um, but I'm, but another way is like, you know, contacting a special needs teacher and, you know, asking them how you can provide for the class, um, maybe some type of care packages or respite packages for the family. Um, I'm sure that those types of things are always more than helpful. And that's a good activity to get a congregation together and bonding on like one type of thing um, to go out and do. And then number three, um, you can add contact info to the website. Um, for anyone with accessibility questions or accommodation requests. Um, I'm, I'm sure that many of you might know, but you know, moms of young children with disabilities, they, they, before they go into a building, they really wanna know, like, will my child be accepted? And like, how will my child dot, dot, dot? And so a lot of times they will look before they go to a church online and they will see like, you know, how is this church going to accommodate my family? And, you know, having that type of, like little info box or comment box that they could send um, your way is um, really good to just show that your church is willing to welcome anyone um, that's created in God's image. So, and then we have number four. Um, let me know if you guys need me to slow down. I am a fast talker. Um, <laughs> Um, number four, you can host a special needs Sunday, and this is something that the Banquet Network loves to promote. Um, and this is really like, you know, your church can just um, go about and, and let the congregation know that, you know, this Sunday or whenever Sunday you choose a date is going to be our special needs Sunday, and you highlight all the people in the church um, that do have a disability and show them in leadership positions. Um, and I would definitely encourage your church to to really like reach out to people with disabilities within the body and, and encourage them to take on leadership positions, but ha enjoy like a special needs Sunday. And, um, and then you can have, you know, a type of training during the church or maybe during like, like a special uh, announcement type of time. Um, you can talk more about what it looks like to involve special needs in the church. And this, this really helps to get the congregation on board with, um, becoming a more welcoming church to people that have disabilities. Um, and so we can talk to you more about that if you're interested in that. Um, and then number five, don't worry guys, I'm almost done. Um, you can create a sensory friendly option at an event. Um, and so I, Amberly, we have here that we can do an Easter egg hunt, but I have not heard that one. I'm sure that was Katie's idea. Um, but I know just yeah. off the top of my head, I know that we can also, um, you know, at any type of event, you can think of creative ways to include people with disabilities so that they're not isolated from the rest of the group. Um, and I guess, I guess like an Easter egg hunt, if you were to have an Easter egg hunt, you know, that's something that a lot of people can enjoy and you can do it in places where, where everyone that even those with a disability really could engage and enjoy this activity. Like that could be something that a lot of people enjoy. Um, so just in the events that you create, you know, just thinking of those and considering those um, that, you know, don't fall into the, the popular, the popular group, the typical behaving group of people that oftentimes that's who we think of. So 
Um, so those are the five things. If you need any of those, let me know and I can send them out to you guys. Um, we probably can just send out an email after this meeting with just some information and so that you guys don't feel like you missed any of it. So, so yeah, that's all from me. Um, let me know if you guys have any Thanks, questions. Allie. Awesome. Thank you, Allie. Yeah. So those five, um, five tips are really things that any church can do without even having a long-term commitment. It can be like, those are, those are kind of one-off, one-off things so that if the pastor or the congregation is like, um, we're open to doing one thing, but we're not sure we want to commit to entirely changing our, our whole, um, church right now. That's kind of a way to dip your, dip your toe in the pool. <laughs> um, so the last section I'm going to zoom, zoom through here, but I'm happy to answer questions about it um, so that we can have some time for discussion is just what to do if your, your church is not moving forward. So I think likely if you're on this call or listening to this recording, you care a lot about disability and it can be a very frustrating place to, um, to be where you feel like the only person in your congregation um, who cares about disability. I have been there. I know lots of people who have been there. And um, I just, first of all, want to say, I know it's really hard and encourage you that um, despite all of the frustration and sometimes the, the seeming of uh, talking to a, a brick wall about these things and feeling like you're the only person in the room who has any interest in including people with disabilities, despite all of the frustration that that can bring, um, you are an important vessel of, of, of God uh, in your church. And just by being, being the advocate that continues to nudge um, and to pray for your church to move things forward, um, you are making a difference, even if you're not there to see that difference be made. Um, just real quick, my my mom is at, was actually in a situation like this where for for years she was the only person in her mega church who um, she felt like cared about disability and um, faced a lot of resistance with leadership um, in in trying to make some modifications to make things more accessible um, or inclusive of people with disabilities. And really, um, <clears throat> I just want to remind y'all, as you know, that um, even when things seem on the surface, like nothing is happening, God's always working in the background. And um, my mom was really, really at the ed end of her kind of rope and about to give up on, on um, advocating for disability inclusion within her church when there were like three things that happened on one Sunday where there was a person with a disability and in the main service that had a, an event and there a, a meltdown. There was a new um, attendee of the youth group that had autism that they didn't know what to do with. And then there was a parent of a child in the children's Sunday school who um, was asking for the Sunday school to make some modifications. So all of a sudden, the the church had all of these these needs arise, and they um, kind of realized that this was something that they needed to address. And having been 
you know, in the back of their minds, been nudged by my mom for years before that they got to reach out to her and um, make some plans for training and making adaptations. So just to encourage you that this, this journey of disability inclusion can feel slow and long, um, but your time and your prayers are not wasted. Um, uh, but I wanted to share just five things and I'll go really quickly through them um, that if your church isn't moving towards um, some things that you can still do kind of as, a, as, as an individual um, to build awareness and to promote exposure and access um, even if your your church isn't on board yet. So um, really simply, the, the first one is just to share your own story. There's a reason that you're here tonight spending an hour with us. Um, there's a reason that, that you care about disability, whether it's because of a personal relationship, um, someone in your family, a friend, or even just conviction by um, by reading scripture, whatever that is, uh, share share that conviction, share that motivation that you have with um, those around you in your church. Share that with your leadership because that uh, your story may in itself be be a powerful spark for others also to to catch that vision. Um, a, a second kind of easy, maybe nerdy one is to um, post either for your small group or, or organically for a group of friends in your church or people that you know in your church to host a, a movie night or a book club about disability to read a Jean Vanier book together or something um, and discuss, discuss um, some of those points. It's a little bit of a, you can do this in like a very unintimidating way and watch you know, wonder or something and, and talk about that, have some discussion over um, over dinner after that. Um, or you can do it in a bit more intense way, but just to kind of broach the subject with, with people around you. Um, third idea is to, um, to really look within your congregation. And if you don't already get to know the people with disabilities that are are attending in your congregation or if they're in your own family or if it's yourself um, raise those those actual tangible needs um, find out what it is that that those um, people with disabilities who are currently in your congregation or who maybe have visited or would that you have expressed that they would come to your church um, if it weren't for the barriers that they were facing um, find out what what their experience of your church is and raise those with your leadership or others in the church. Because if there's a, a real, actual, tangible um, person and story and face that goes along uh, with, with the advocacy for disability inclusion, that tends to be a lot more powerful than just having um, the concept of disability inclusion. And especially if your leadership knows that person or has seen that person come um, and maybe has never asked, and that person has never felt like they could they could share what what would help them to participate more. Um, but ask that person if you could bring if you could raise that with um, your leadership. And then uh, Ali talked about the pools of Bethesda exercise, which 
we like to do um, basically to draw a radius around your church on a map and look at where are the places that people with disabilities tend to congregate, just like Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda specifically where many, it says many people with disabilities were um, finding those places in the proximity of your church or even the proximity of your home or where your small group meets, where there are um, people with disabilities. So whether that is a, a day center or whether that's a bus stop, um, maybe if, if your church isn't, isn't willing or able to, to volunteer as a congregation, um, there are still ways that you as an individual can get involved. So uh, I would encourage you to still, um, still go for those, those opportunities to engage with the disability community in your area, and then invite your friends, invite your small group, invite your, invite your church leadership to come along and get to know people with disabilities because that, um, that relationship makes all the difference um, when there's, there's an actual friendship there and a, a story to the, to the, um, to the concept, it, it makes a big difference. Um, and then finally, uh, as Blake mentioned and Allie mentioned, um, we, as the Banquet Network, we, we live for this stuff to get to help churches um, realize that disability inclusion is something that they can do. It's not something that takes a million dollars and it's not something that only mega churches can do. Um, and the Banquet Network really exists so that churches know that they're not alone in the disability inclusion journey and so that churches um, don't feel like they have to be experts on everything. We walk with churches all the way from beginning to end. All of our services are free and we would love to, um, to talk with your leadership or your congregation about how we can support because sometimes the, the barrier is just that, um, that a church doesn't know what, what it should do and um, doesn't feel equipped to be able to do to take the next step in the disability journey. So we would love to come alongside and help remove that, remove that barrier or that fear. Um, all right, we have talked a lot and we have very little time left, unfortunately, but we would love to, um, to take just a few minutes to hear from you guys. And I'll ha hand it over to Hunter for that. All right. So um, we want to give you a chance to ask some questions and also um, tell us, um, yeah, what what comments we can offer and what what can be helpful you, for you in this little time. And then, um, as everyone has said, we'd love to get the chance to follow up with you and your church and try to make this as easy on you as possible. So, um, yeah, if anyone has a question, go ahead and you can unmute and put that forward and then um, one of us will respond to it. Um, so I saw that you guys also do like coaching uh, and um, well, our pastor was actually on here, Eli. Uh, he's the one that actually uh, sent me this uh, uh, the website for you guys, the Banquet Network. And um, um, 
honestly, like I've always had a heart for special needs. I've uh, worked in the school system with uh, kids with autism from K through 12 um, since 2012. And so he actually, when we decided to come to his church, he was kind of excited that um, there's a possibility of having um, a little bit more of like, you know, uh, uh, outreach or some kind of thing for um, families and individuals with disabilities. Uh, so right now we're just kind of thinking about how we can integrate that even to like, you know, a, a, a Bible study for the kids. Um, um, we went to McLean Bible Church before this church plant and, you know, they have a great special needs ministry there. Um, uh, but prior to before we were able to go to serve, we actually ended up coming to this church for a more intimate kind of setting. Um, and there's a lot of logistics too, I think, uh, working with kids with more of the, um, that are severely impacted um, by their disabilities. But um, so that's like kind of on the side note of how to go about that. Um, um, but yeah, so could, would wanna like dig your brains and kind of talk more when we have more time, maybe set something up uh, where we can do that. Yep, for sure. That would be great. Um, I think everyone would be excited to talk to you. It sounds, I mean, it sounds like both of you have amazing background and experience and, um, but yeah, we'd love to, to chat and talk about ideas and, and see how we could support. Basically all of our emails are our first name at the banquetnetwork.com or you can email info at the banquetnetwork.com or the website also has um, forms and stuff where you can, you can reach us, but um, just send any one of us an email and then we can find a time to talk some more, but it sounds really exciting what um, y'all are doing and yeah, and you've got your, your pastor engaged. So exciting. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. It was a uh, really great hearing from you guys. Great to have you for sure. I would, I would add, it's super exciting that you guys are thinking about this like on the front end when your church is small and like a church that includes disability as it grows is, is that's way better than trying to go to a church that, that is huge and, and retrofit it. And that's super, super exciting. Yeah, that's amazing. I love it. Oh yeah, definitely will um, uh, email one of you guys and uh, we'll get in touch uh, so we can talk about some more stuff in the future. Okay, sounds good. All right, thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you as well. Thanks for joining. All right, bye. Bye. I think we are at time, so I will go ahead and... Um, Rachel says, thank you in the chat. Thank you, Rachel, for coming. Yay. <laughs> thank you. Did you have any questions? Yes, sorry, we didn't get to really meet Rachel. <laughs> but good to see your name. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, we'll send out the recording of this so that um, it will be for those who came late. They can see the rest of it. And we can also share that elsewhere to people who didn't weren't able to make it um but awesome thanks everyone for joining have a good evening
If you are interested in learning about how to become a disability advocate for your church, our contact info is listed in the details of this podcast. We would love to connect with you or your church. Thanks for listening and join us next time at Welcome to the Banquet.